Naked ABCs, where I don't have an intro this week. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But Tracy, we love your openings. But but Tracy, <laughs> we love you and we love your puns. So this week we have joining us our regular co-host, Stefan and Jeff. Woo! Stefan. Hi Jeff. And unfortunately, we don't have Aaron with us again. Hopefully, he'll be joining us again soon. Work is kind was, of busy. He was for him. scared off or something, I think. Yeah, well, he he and I got into another argument about you know bands. You guys gotta and, stop that. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we had just stopped talking really about bands. Stop that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Bare naked ladies is the only one we could talk. Right, about. that should be the way. Yeah, because he just cause slinks off to his lover, locker. Your little yeah. lover squirrels are wrecking the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, joining us tonight for a quarrel, because we always seem to be picking a fight with this man, is Eric Butterworth. Eric, Hello. thank you for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me again. Actually, I think I the could... last time you were on, we didn't argue about the song at all. No, I think we agreed on it. Actually, we were, I think, within point one of each other. So, what song are we are we listening to tonight, guys? I love, I love you. you. Thank you. But what song are we listening to? Oh, I thought it was I Don't Know. <laughs> I Don't Know. <laughs> no, that was a while ago. Oh. It was I Know. <laughs> but I can sing. <laughs> no, that was a long... Go, what, we gotta go forward, guys. Well, how, how long? How long? <laughs> I don't like this way of, that we're going... <laughs> it's faster than the other way at this point. Let me, let, let me just check how's the level. Hang on. <laughs> We're good. Goodness gracious. All right. Great balls of fire. <laughs> no, that's a whole other podcast. Oh. So, anyways, if you have not guessed the song that we are talking about tonight, it is I Love You uh, from. Thank well, you, Aaron's not here to tell us tonight, but. What what do you guys think this is on? It's, this can only be one album. Yeah. <laughs> this is one album this could be on. Stefan, do you know what album this is on? <laughs> Absolutely. This has got to be Maroon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say for the record, Aaron's got this one nailed, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no way he can get this wrong. If Aaron doesn't get this right, I will be shocked. If Aaron doesn't get this right, he's never invited back. <laughs> <laughs> he can stay in the trailer. Because I'm I'm more civil. <laughs> you at least know the album. Yeah. yeah. So yes, this is off Gordon, if you didn't know. And if you've never heard this song before, I I don't know how to continue that sentence. Um, so I'm just gonna we're just gonna go to the song. Just yeah, cut to the song. I love you. And you love me. Both Cregan brothers share the lead with Paige on this song, when they on the Gordon version. But there are other versions. And please, everyone, excuse my Peter Brady 
versions tonight. I've done a lot of talking today at work, so <laughs> my voice is coming and going. I, I, I'm going to be cracking quite a bit. <laughs> the, now, here's the interesting thing. The words are by Andy, Jim, Stephen, and Ed. But the music is by the Cregan boys. Oh, you stole my thunder. Ugh. It's, it's right there in the liner notes, Jeff. I, I know, but the first joke I was going to say here was just listening to the song is you know this is a Cregan Brothers jam. Yeah. Like, oh. you know. Like, oh. from the yeah. minute it starts. Yeah. This is... Yes. Oh, yeah. There's, that bass right. kicks in, and you know the Cregans uh, are all then, over then it. The piano, then the piano just hits, and you're like, ah, oh, this is Christmas dinner at the Cregan house right here. Yeah. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> Maybe they wrote it at Christmas dinner. You want to you play something? <laughs> right, yeah. They wrote it at Christmas yeah. dinner? You want to go sit down and jam? <laughs> yeah. Brought it in to Steve and Ed and said, hey, let's write some words to this. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what Steve, what Steve and Ed added to this. Like, I, I was going through this week trying to pull out, like, okay, what part was Andy... What part was Jim? What was Steve? What was Ed? Steve, I think, is the very first uh, three lines of the first verse. We'll get to that later, but... <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, I, I think we should, when we break this down, we need to have that discussion. Like, where, who's got which lines in terms of what was written? So, we do not have Aaron. However, what I have on this, that were in the liner notes, is that on the Gordon version, and we'll talk about the other version later on, on the Gordon version... Andy is playing the piano and scatting, both during the bridge and at the very end. Jim is on double bass and vocals. Steve is on vocals. Ed is on guitar and vocals. Tyler Stewart is on drums. And Chris Brown, who would later fill in for Kevin on the Maroon Tour, is on organ. The Chris Brown? No. Oh. The Chris Brown. <laughs> the, uh, Not Charlie it's, Brown. It's to be an L fans, the Chris Brown. Yes, okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> to, that, that, that Chris Brown, not the other Chris Brown. Not right. the other Chris Brown, okay. To, to the rest of the world, it's not the Chris Brown, no. Not the, not the, not the <laughs> But to be an L fans, that's like, well, no, that's the Chris yes. Brown. Yes, okay. Is, I mean, oh, only one person could fill in for Kevin during exactly. a tour. Is that a spoiler answer question to the trivia question, I bet? Oh, I just realized that. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay. Is there a trivia segment? <laughs> You're like, oh, I know the answer the, now. Yeah, there will be trivia. There will be B&L trivia. I, I may be working on B&L trivia, yeah. I was vetting some questions. I want to join in that. Oh, yeah. You should. I want to see how I stack up there. Uh, that, that will be fun. That will be coming. I will so, let people know when so that's Eric, available. Eric cannot vet. Eric cannot vet. He has to join as a participant. Yes. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Of course, Jeff, you need to finish vetting the question. Really, yes. Aaron does, too. Yeah, Ooh, before I, I can do, do that. that. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> this weekend. This weekend, I will get to it. But let's talk about the music of this week. What do people have to say about the music of I Love You? I love it. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Wait, you didn't come on this episode to crap no. on it? No, 100% not. That'll be a, that'll be a rare day. <laughs> what did you, you like about the music, though? What, what did oh. you love about it? Oh, um, it's like, it's the only kind of, well, not the only kind, but it's one of the only kinds of jazz that I just, I straight up dig it. It's it's just the best to get that bass, you get the funk, you get, I don't know, I, I can't even put it in words. It's, it's I dig it. 
It's it's a piano in a piano bar, which I love. Like it just it feels like you're sitting in a piano. I don't. I'm not saying that in any negative way. Like I. No, that's it's a perfect description. I love it. No, that's great. I love that. I love it. It's it sounds like piano bar BNL, and I absolutely love it. And um, like I said, when I first hear this song, and this actually was not originally when I first listened to Gordon the first time through, was not. At first, one of my favorite songs, and I'm not sure if I just wasn't in the right mood for it that day. It has quickly become, spoiler, one of my favorite BNL songs um, the, with with uh, subsequent listens. And when this song starts, it's just, this is the Cregans. Like, like you get that bass going, then the piano starts coming in. Just the build up to the end when Tyler and Andy just start tearing into those instruments um, yeah. on the final chorus. Love you, so let's make a family tree. You know that Jim lives a healthy lifestyle, so this isn't accurate, but you can just picture him sitting there, smoke hanging out of his mouth, dimly lit <laughs> bar, and he's just plucking away at that bass by himself on a stage, and just, you got maybe yeah, some like... You got Andy with the alcohol up on the piano And you got a slam poet sitting beside them, and you can picture it, like, it, it's yeah, got that just right. like groovy jazz piano bar even, vibe even has those little moments like the uses and uh like i loves use you know mm-hmm. um use love like it's just it has that very smooth jazzy piano mm-hmm. bar feel to it um musically uh there's there's nothing i can say against this song because it works so well except for that one little moment right after the scatting the first scatting part where i swear somebody burps but other than that there's like this little right after the Scatting. There's like this little, and I'm like, ooh, maybe it was. I'm gonna have to listen. I'm gonna have to listen for that and put that in right in here. My I, I can't picture it right this second, but I think I have recognized what you mean. <laughs> it's never thrown me off though. No, I know I'm not saying <laughs> it's throwing me off, but I, like a few times I've heard, it, I was like, ooh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's just one of the patrons at the bar had a big drink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting actually. But no, if, uh, Billy Joel has an album which I always feel like I'm in the minority of people who know of this album, but I'm sure I'm uh, not. I'm gonna it's, know it. I'm gonna, I guarantee I'll know it. Question evening of questions and answers. Yeah. Uh-huh. When he discusses the song Piano Man, and he right. talks about his stint in a piano bar as a piano man, playing a lot of major sevenths, I think it is, and he's like, you know, you make a lot of songs sound like a lot of other mm-hmm. songs it's not a song but it's reminiscent of a song and it's he talks about his time in the piano bar and he says everything was true and i'm like that's exactly how i picture this one right yeah by the way just to prove that i know that and show my billy joel fandom i'm gonna i'm gonna do that right now because he also has that really fun thing where he won't play we didn't start the fire because it's a guitar song he's like harry truman Doris yeah. Yeah, I'm, anyway. harry <laughs> truman Doris <laughs> I love that album. <laughs> I do too. It's great. <laughs> Who wrote all this stuff? <laughs> Speaking of the piano, that's in this song. <laughs> oh, it is. And oh, there's Andy's piano. Andy is killing it on the piano. Yes, this is... He is. I would like. I think people underestimate and undervalue Andy's ability to play jazz piano. He is. I would say easily one of the best jazz pianists in the world. I would say that that's his primary forte. 
I'd say that's that that's what Andy is. He's a jazz pianist, just like Jim. I I feel is a jazz bassist primarily, and has learned all his other styles that he also plays flawlessly. But they're they're jazz boys straight up. I kind of yeah. regret. Well, it. I mean, Andy tell, says that he's a percussionist, but I, his piano playing on this album in general, but on this song. Is just phenomenal. I kind of regret that when we had Andy on the show. I don't think I mentioned this one to him, actually. Are we... I mean, look at that Jim. There's no way that Jim is not a jazz guy. No, look at that. Oh, Look at that Jim. Look at that Jim is also my pickup line. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, I kind of regret that when we had Andy on the show. I don't think I mentioned this song, and I wish I had. I talked about the... The live version of What a Good Boy and how much I love that, like when he just tears it up at the end. But yeah, because um, his his piano on this is just fantastic, <laughs> especially like towards well, the end when he has his little ascensions, those little uh, riffing ascensions are just glorious. Yeah, so this pl- this song doesn't get played that very often. Um, I was looking up this afternoon because I was like, all right. I- I wonder how often they, they go into this with Kevin. Um, and so I pulled it up earlier this afternoon. Hold on, i got to open up my email. But while I'm doing that, I will also um, say that... So it's funny, we're talking about his piano. Andy's first note on the piano is just that single strike. on the piano like but it, well it's not one it's like it's a chord but it's a sing, like it's boom and then it's about a three second wait before he comes back in with the piano that's also how he ends the song is with that same i would say same plink i don't know i'm not great with music but i would say it's the same same note same plink at the very end Ding! It's probably the same point. That would make sense. Consistency coming back to it. It's the wall of this, you know, album. BNL is always notorious is really for cool. taking things into a circle and complete. Oh, Stefan, you're here. Stefan, what are your thoughts on the music of this song? <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm I'm listening to you guys. It's just I like hearing people's takes on on songs and. Um, we like uh, hearing not... your take, though, Stefan. So, what's your take? Ah, yeah. uh, well. I love the song, and I, I think you, uh, both Eric and Jeff are, are right on the right track as far as a, a jazzy feel, and I love jazz. I really do, and that's one of the reasons why I love this song. Uh, it's super simple. It's uh, easy to remember. It's easy to get hooked into and start singing along with, and um, you know, it's just fantastic. I, I really like it. Um, I love piano. I love... Um, I love just jazz music as a whole. Um, for me, I, I really like brass instruments, and I, it'd be awesome to hear a, like a, a um, kind of a brass band go along with some BNL songs at some point to see how it would blend together. And I think it would really if they did a horn group, yeah, a horn group album, much like they did the Persuasions, but with a horn group. Oh, yeah, I think that would be. I think there's a lot of songs that could benefit from that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which that's 
that's Steven. That's like what yes. Steven pretty much is doing now with having the odds backing him yeah. up. And it does. It sounds amazing and gorgeous. So many horns come behind his music these days, and it nails it. And a lot of songs, I mean, this this song would be a great big band, jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I would love to hear this in yeah, concert you... with, like... I, I wish that we had gotten Stephen when Andy was conducting the orchestra singing this song with Andy. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have just been, like, I would have, if that was their ending, I would have been like, okay, I can die now. Like, that would have been just, just hear it. Like, amazing. Now that you're saying about it, I can just hear it with all the big brass swells yeah. and everything, mm-hmm. just getting the strings going. Yeah, that would be... That'd we need be to make that happen. Can we, get make, some... can we have that power as a, as a <laughs> podcast to make that happen? I wish. That... that... <laughs> Get some high-pitched, muted, staccato trumpets playing off of the scat. You know, now 2021. To Hello City. You owe us after the year 2020 has sent us. You owe us big <laughs> time. That's what you can. That will pay us yeah. back right there. That would. I think yeah. it would also require a uh, reunion, wouldn't it? We have to get them all back together. Like we can do this, guys. <laughs> I'm a dreamer. I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay, John. Oh man. Well, I think the other one that was a dreamer, he's not with us anymore. <laughs> Boy, I brought that down quick. Boy, shrimp squat. You know it's twenty twenty, Tracy. Don't joke about these things. <laughs> So you were talking about the jazz earlier, the smooth jazz of this. What's interesting is it starts off and it's extremely simple. It is the basic like jazz starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like how this song starts really, really quiet. And then like Brian Wilson just builds as the song goes along. It just gets bigger, bigger. And then there's that little dip in the middle where it gets really quiet again and then just Boom, we're going to blare it to finish. Quiet, but with those tight harmonies. And that, that I think, really sells this. I mean, they come in hard on those arms. Quiet, oh. which just really, really works. And the harms, the harmonies throughout this song are um, just some of the best that they've done, um, especially such, in the early days. But Such a staple of Gordon. Yeah. I is. mean, yes. just, they, they do it like no one else can. I feel like this yeah. is them too. I mean, this is the first album. This is Gordon. I feel like they wanted to try and show people everything they were about. So they really hit a lot of diverse eclectic styles. Um, and so this was just another one like, okay, now that we did this, let's do our big jazzy number. You know, We're going to show <laughs> the world that we can do anything. Yeah. Well, and it follows box set, which is an amazing mm-hmm. spot to it yeah. follow. Because you, you have this this Latin beat, and then you go right into this jazz, soft, mm-hmm. smooth jazz number. And it really does flow amazingly well. They're just show-offs at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they, they go from the uh, the anger of Hello City, the, the, the whatever you want to call it, of Enid. You get the goofiness of Yoko and Bedside Manor. You get the Latin, then you jump into the 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 jazz. They're just they're showing. Well, er, that, they're putting all their cards on the table with this album. Yeah, ser- kind of the, fu- the well, fusion. the seriousness of, of the fusion of the whole grade nine thing and mm-hmm. yeah, and the Brian Wilson. Well, and the seriousness of Brian Wilson and the yeah. flag. Mm-hmm. Like you've got like it is all over the place, but it's so well blended. There are there are albums that they made where I was like, oh, this is the order that you put this together. The songs that you put on here are like this is not portraying your best 
for the songs or for your writing ability. Like, this is not your best. Um, Gordon is the exact opposite of that. I would say that that's almost perfectly, the most perfectly created album mm-hmm. that I could think of. Oh, and Wrap Your Arms Around Me, too, is on there, too. So mm-hmm. you have another yeah. diverse style, which is the very ethereal, eerie, and we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I agree. This 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 album, probably more than anything they've done, is the least cohesive, but it works with everything they do. We didn't have Aaron this week, but one of the things I want to make sure that we point out, if he's not able to, is this is probably, I think, one of the most complex songs that they've ever written in terms of your the systematic of it, the, the way that it's set up. So we have, <clears throat> interestingly enough, we start with the chorus. So we go chorus, verse, a modified chorus... Because they changed the words, they changed the meaning of that chorus because of the verse. So it's really cool that the, the the modified curse actually follows up that verse that was just before it. Then we have the bridge. Then we have a second bridge, which is the scat. Then we have a chorus, an instrumental break, and then a third bridge, which is a set a. A revision of the first, a, well, a third, re- a third chorus to the first bridge, a third chorus, which is slightly a little different than the, the final bridge. Yeah, and, yeah. Yes, sorry. Yes, got my order up. And then finally finishing with two choruses. Like so, if we're looking at this in terms of the pattern, it's A B A C D A C E A A. That is a complex song. <laughs> That's busy. A A B A B A C D. Yeah, you're right. This is <laughs> it, yeah. Like I had to sit down A-B-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-A-C-D-
And Tyler's drumming on this, like listening to it, like he's not doing basic beats. He is do- he is no, like yeah. jazzing this thing up and showing his drums. Yeah, he's right. he's doing jazz drums. I mean mm-hmm. that it whacks in as a hi hat at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. He must have a special jazz drum set then for the song. Yeah, he, you're saying he does have one? Oh he must we don't uh, I can't tell the difference. I don't know. I don't know the differences. So, a jazz drum, just for this, a jazz drum, mm-hmm. most definitely. What are the differences there? Oh, don't even get me oh, started okay. on the differences of jazz drum versus regular drum. Please, it's, please it's do. It's too complicated for the show. Please do. It's way too. No, we we did hear it, yeah, Stefan. Yeah, we got some. The, oh, listen, okay. the listeners want to know. Well, it's very similar to having a. a a uh, regular flute versus a, a jazz flute, you know? A few extra holes, a couple of new reeds in there. But, I mean, the drums are definitely a little bit different. They might have an extra snare, you know, uh, different yeah, things okay. like that. Are they, cover- are they covered in something different, Stephen? Like, is there a difference? Absolutely. I think the covering is definitely different. It's not synthetic. I think it's actually real, uh, like, either yak goat or something like that skin. It's amazing. It's really amazing. It gives a different sound. It's a richness, a thick, you know. It's got to go with that jazz piano. It's got to be the Scottish Yakko, too. No, it's the best jazz drum skin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, can we get this train back on the rails? No, we're not that far off the rails. A little bit off the rails. Just a little bit. Well, you invited me. I'm I'm not all on the rails anyway. Musically, I only have one more note. Uh, do, does anyone else have any notes musically? No, I would like to say that Ultimate Guitar doesn't even have this song, so apparently all the people that write to that were like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The, the guitar is not the major thing in this. What is your problem? Right, exactly. Nobody's going to play it anyway on the guitar. <laughs> well, that, that's the one thing. I was listening to it today, and I was thinking about Ed's guitar, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's it's just backing noise, though, I feel like. It's it's not mm-hmm. the star. It's not meant right. to be anything crazy, so it is what mm-hmm. it is. But I like that, too, that Ed's like, you know what? You guys take the front. You take the stage. This is yours. It, I, promise so you that, I promise you that at no point this band will just be looked at as Steve and me. I swear. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I do love that about this album. Like we do get some some variation. We do get them mm-hmm. bringing in some other stuff. And this is this is the Cregan Brothers song. So if you like this song, I would recommend you actually go out and listen to every Cregan Brothers every album. One. Because yes, and Andy Cregan stuff goes. To... You, it's it's actually the Brothers Cregan songs. The Brothers Cregan, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is the Cregan Brothers, but they play the brother Cregan, the Brothers Cregan. Yeah, sorry. How dare I mix the words up? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I would recommend listening to, and we talked about this before, go listen to Cregan work, too. Uh, Andy, no, is it? Andy work, Andy work. Yep. I'm screwed it up. Yes. Oh, my God. Andy work. Yes, go listen to... <laughs> it's an American yeah, thing. We always we mess up names. <laughs> no, go listen to Andy work. Uh, Andy Cregan's uh, stuff is great. Actually... It's very different too. Like he's, he varies yeah. it up quite a bit. All right, guys, let's uh, switch it over to lyrics. Let's talk about what the song is about. Now that we've talked how beautiful it's it is, clearly oh, about food. 
<laughs> the only verse, right? <laughs> B&L and Weird Al just can't get away from food in their songs, I swear. No. They're very food-oriented guys. They really are, yeah. <laughs> this brings me to who wrote what. I have my theories, but I want to hear your theories first, guys. And no, I don't have the definitive answers. I wish I did. But what what are your theories about what did Steve write, what did Ed write, and what did the Cregan So the song write? is credited lyric-wise to all four of them? Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. I would have to say I don't really know the styles of each one of those artists to be able to differentiate right. who okay. wrote what. Um, that was the honest <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm reading the lyrics now, and um, you've shocked Tracy. I, I didn't even know that there was a comma after ice cream, and then sandwiches too. I thought the whole thing was like, I like ice cream oh, sandwiches I too. I and I would it have is. To agree. Wait, it is. It is ice cream no. sandwiches. I. But is it because my lyrics don't have a comma after ice cream? No, there's. The... There's a comma after ice cream, but I stink and like ice cream sandwiches. Wait. No, it's supposed it's it's wrong online. So it is ice cream is sandwiches. Com- yeah. Oh crap. It's ice this cream changes sandwiches. my entire lyrical oh, meaning. Good. I mean, let me rewrite. <laughs> Hang on. Shoot. Thank, uh Doctor. Let me tell you. I got two two different versions. Uh, Jeff's got his hoagie and his pint of Jared Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Man, my all my symbolism has gone out the window. <laughs> I'm telling you, I saw that comma and I was so disappointed. I, was so I, just, I do hate how they mess up lyrics yeah. online like that, like that, because that does change that meaning of that. Sentence. I don't feel like it changes the meaning of this song no. for this case, but some songs for sure. No, but that sentence <laughs> that that is. There are songs I was like, that is way off, and that's that not what they're saying. Ice cream and sandwiches. What? <laughs> I have to change my whole lunch plans. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the only part of the song that I could even take a stab at who I think wrote it. I think that's all Steve there. I like soup. I like ice cream sandwiches too. That just sounds like Steve to me. <laughs> I like fish sticks. A man of my own heart. But I think I think you don't believe me. You say, "Oh, I think about about myself." Let me explain. I think that's Ed. Could could be. Do you? I think that's Ed. I feel very yeah. I could. I could see that. I could see it from Steve, too. <laughs> the self-deprecation of it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see them so, collaborating on that. Like, okay, uh... Right, yeah. <laughs> That's well, true. the individualized stuff, we're out the window here, so I'm just going to ask collectively. The scatting, do we think Andy wrote his own scatting? Oh, totally. Because I, yeah, I would think, if he knew he had to sing it, and he had to put that together, which, by the way, then props to Andy, because the lyric on the scatting is good. <laughs> it's really... Yeah, it's not him just no. like throwing away random lines that have nothing to do with each not, other. Like, yeah. It all makes that perfect rhyme sense. Scheme. I mean, there are five art rhymes in there. You've given me a start. Ain't no not but just a look at the chap. I'm hiding a down the start. I come down with all something good. It ain't no fit no flu. And I'm too sad it had to be someone with my hair. I'm blue eyes. I'm lusting for you. In that first stanza, in that first couplet, um, which I know that's not always crazy to have to pull up Rhyme Zone and go. Yeah, all right. Well, Robert rhymes with art or start, but it just works really well with that line. I, I ain't, I ain't no fever or flu. Doctor says, uh, says I had to be someone with brown hair and blue eyes. I'm lovesick. Um, it also doesn't sound like a typical Steve or Ed verse. I, I kind of feel like Andy definitely wrote that to sing it. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> I n- I've never had a doubt. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, coming down with something good makes me think of the Herman's Hermits too. 
Such a good song. <laughs> I love it. My wife and I went. Uh, and it would not surprise me if if yeah, Andy liked right. that group like that. My wife be... and I went to go see Peter Noonan just a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, love yeah it was so Noonan. fun. Oh yeah, so oh, much really. Awesome. Even now, he's he's so much fun. His show. Wow, mm-hmm. I can see that. I would not have guessed that. I think an Ed line on this song to bring us back um, could just be adding the S's in that chorus. Eyes love Zs. I think Last that could chorus. be Ed. That seems like an Ed thing, just be like, eyes, loves, use. Ed's contribution was adding S's. <laughs> I don't know that that's his only one. <laughs> that apostrophe S, that's mine. <laughs> I don't know that that's his only one, but I think that that could be an Ed contribution. I think it could be. Ed, you haven't contributed anything. What would you like to do? Well, I put S's at the end of love. Does that help you guys at all? <laughs> no, but I can see that. I can definitely see that. Just, just playing with the words and making it a little goofy. I'm gonna do the whole Newfoundland thing. Yeah, which I do. I, I love. Yeah. I think the first time I heard it, that did throw me off, and I was like, "Oh, what?" And then, like I said, this one is one that has grown on me. This was. This did not start out Gordon's song number one. That's for sure. And over the years, and not even that long. I don't want to say like it took years, but it really has become one of my favorite songs. Um, but I love that little touch of because. All three choruses are also different. Yes. You know, you even subtly, but the mm-hmm. you know, first one, I love you, you love me, I love you, let's make a family tree. The second one kind of shows the cracks in the armor where things are not good because it starts off like, oh, that's so pretty. Oh. Which is why I was like, Steven, that's got to yeah. be Steven. This is a, this song mm-hmm. is sneaky because that first, oh, no. And by the way, I was, uh, I had not listened to the live version so earlier today. When I was like, oh, shoot, we have a podcast tonight. I was in my recliner and my two-year-old was walking around and I fired up the live version. Dude starts jamming. My two-year-old son's like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, I was like, you go. You got boy. good yeah, taste, yeah, my man. Um, but yeah, the I love me, you love me in the second verse. I mean, that's obviously to contrast the first one. It shows the cracks. It shows the problem. And then just the adorableness of the I loves you, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I really do wonder if actually Steve wrote that chorus change for the second Oh, I think chorus. that's Steve. I think that's Steve, that little twist on it to make it. Just because it matches up so well with the verse <sighs> that I also think he wrote because it is that sour, sweet and sour relationship again. Why is it, why is it always about food? <laughs> I told you, they're very food-oriented guys. Because <laughs> it's Steve. What we, it's the key to a man's heart. Or stomach. Stomach versus heart, really. I mean, the first song on the first album, the first song on the third album says it all. Stomach, stomach versus, versus heart. heart. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that a long ways down the road. Why was it? Oh, I wasn't thinking that was... I was thinking Dirty Hank was the first song. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I think that's the second or third. That is, yeah. That's the right. second that's one. second song. Second, yeah. It's funny, my first note was, this is a really simple song about loving someone. And then the more times I listen to it, I'm like, it's not that simple, actually. It's it about gets... loving someone who doesn't love you, I would go with that. I, but I also think that, like, she loves him, and he knows it, but I think there's a lot of doubt on both sides. I think this is that that type of relationship where it's that early teenage like early 20s relationship where 
you you love them, but I don't know if they love me as much as I love them, and they don't know if I love them as much as they love me, and 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 there's all this uncertainty, and and it's all this anxiety and angst that that's mixed in about it, and I'm worried about getting lost. I'm lo- I'm gonna lose myself in in you, which is what that whole verse about like I you know I love me and you love you, like I I don't want to you know. So do I do? You, yeah, I'm kind of like a- I, I I don't want to lose who I am. Um, I think it's just that early love, that young love. Young love. But it's not simple, and the song makes it seem simple because of the way that it's devised and the way it starts. But when you really sit down to look at it, just like with the, the music of this, it's anything but simple. Sounds good to me. All right, let's move on to the rankings. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I agree. I think there's a little bit of a passage of time thing going on here, too, because it does start off, like I said, when the song starts, you're like, oh, straight up love song. I love you. You know, it's like pretty harmon- harmonic. Uh, it's really, and then that's, you know, into the food references. And then right after the food references, you find out that it's not quite that clear. You don't believe me. You say, I think about myself. Let me explain. Don't walk away. So there's like this level of breakupness going on something's going wrong there and i really love the the section that kind of shows this is not a straight up love song why are you blue whenever i'm in town yeah just <laughs> which you know makes it think they're not even living together this is not like a couple or a married couple it sounds like they're not necessarily or or he leaves and comes back but why are you blue whenever i'm in town i guess life was fine till i came around so obviously this is not a happy relationship like the beginning lets you think well, possibly a long-term relationship. Yeah. I mean, a long-distance long distance, relationship. Yeah. Long-term, long-distance. Ah, uh, those rock stars, they have a, a woman yeah. in every court, you know? <laughs> That's what this could Halifax. be about. <laughs> I know. That girl, it's all about Halifax. That girl she's I love blue. in Halifax. She's blue because she's cold. I think that would be why am I blue whenever I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I have learned so much about this because of this podcast. I did not realize all this anti-Halifax stuff. <laughs> they really don't like Halifax. No. <laughs> Even to this day, I'm sure. Invisible fences about Halifax. Why should they? Why should they? <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. I did not realize Hey City was about Halifax until we did that episode. Huh, I never knew that either. I liked Halifax when I was there. I'd read it. <laughs> I'd read it in a book, but I would not have known it otherwise. I would not have known that. No, they don't make it very obvious. I did not for a long time know what Andy was saying during that scat because he's it's just so fast, he goes yeah. so fast. But then when you know what he's saying, every word is enunciated. You can hear it when you know what he's saying. I got to say, I've never read the lyrics for this song, actually. I've always just listened to it and enjoyed it. So <laughs> reading these lyrics, I'm like, oh... Wait, that makes sense. He actually makes sense when he's talking about that. I've always just made noises that sound kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> he does it really well, though. Yeah, when you when you listen to it as you see what it says, oh yeah, he get, he gives Ed a run for his money before Ed comes out with one week, even. Yeah. Now, if Andy had stuck with the band long enough, one week might have sounded very different. Oh, I think it definitely would have. I want to. I want to know what that would have sounded like. I and I want the alternate universe where that happens. Would that be the Juno's performance? Well, was he up there on the one week, or was he just up there a million? I think he was up there only on million. You might be right. I may be crazy. I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> 
It just may be a lunatic. <laughs> looking for no, I could be wrong. So, I, I could be wrong on my thing. I was looking it up, and apparently, Hello City now is like a musical troupe or something in Halifax. But they probably took their name from the song. I'm gonna say, yeah. really? <laughs> the song, like, yeah, that's kind of so, neat, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're like a musical uh, group or troupe. There, a monthly show, uh, Cambridge Battery. Uh, yeah. Are they direct competition to fully clothed gents? <laughs> I don't think they're a B&L cover group, though, or oh, anything like that. Good. Hello uh, City by well, the Sea. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, you guys were talking uh, about uh, kind of bringing everybody back together for yeah, um, songs that had brass instruments. What if uh, the lead singer of fully clothed gents joined in? Because he sounds a lot like Steven. That would be amazing. That- mm-hmm. That'd be acceptable. I well, still want Steven. I mean, it's the second best. Exactly. I'll, I'll accept second best. See, the problem The problem is to make this happen. I know our dreams are big as a as a little podcast, but for, I think for this to really happen, it would have to... We'd need the piano playing of Andy to come back, so Andy would have to come back oh. to do piano. We would yes. need Steve come back to do the vocals or harmonics. I don't know what Kevin would do. I mean, we'll Kevin be, would be playing electric guitar. Kevin, Kevin plays everything: mandolin, and accordion, electrical yeah, so guitar, a second piano. Guitar. What's he wrong with dueling pianos? Can, he can play one of the trumpets. Um, you know, because I'm sure he'll do that too. <laughs> so, he probably plays. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple other things I wanted to point out that I noticed for the first time ever listening to it this week that came up. On the Gordon version, when Stephen says, you don't believe me, he throws in this little in the in between. And I only noticed it because I listened to the other version. I'm like, oh, he didn't do it there. He goes, mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I did hear that, yeah. He makes this little, like, I, I get the feeling, like, so we know that they got, they got into the studio and they recorded this in kind of like one night. Like, this was their big kind of recording night. And... I think they were just jazzing out. I think they were just having a ton of fun on this song. And just, this is, it may have been like one or two takes, but I don't think they did a whole bunch of takes because they were just jamming. Well, going off what Eric said, I could see that being what happened. I, I kind of feel like maybe the Cregans did have a jam session. They were hanging out one day. They started playing. Let's jazz jam out there. You know, Andy's doing, the, you know, Jim's starting on the bass. Andy joins piano. They probably, I feel like they did take it to the studio and said, hey guys, here's what we got. And next thing you know, you know, Steve and Ed are sitting here ad-libbing some lyrics, and that's, I feel like that's how they came up with the song. Um, yeah, sure. but they did play this before before Gordon, before recording it. Okay. There, right. there are a couple live recordings. Um, but I did want to bring up one other thing before I get to that. In the second verse, where I love me, in the background, if you're listening, you can hear, Yes! <laughs> Andy throws in this yes in the background, and he sounds so passionate about that about that next line that's coming in. It is beautiful. Like I can never unhear that again. Like it's just amazing. I'm gonna have to listen to both of these. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Um, and I also like at the end of the song, Stephen kind of seems to be kind of like, all right, I'm just like he's caught up in the moment, and he is just wailing the little away. on top yeah mm-hmm. but i love like you know what it's the end of the song i'm gonna back out and andy takes over andy finishes this song and it really is the andy and jim song and it's perfect with amy andy finishing the song and then slamming on the piano mm-hmm. 
interestingly enough, I feel like it's as complex a song as it is. I think it's a lot like a lot of jazz songs to me in that for me, there's usually not a heck of a lot to talk about because it's, it is what it is. It's right there. And so I, I feel like I never have much to <laughs> actually dissect about them. They're just, I either like them or I don't. And there's a lot of jazz I don't like. I thought it was going to be a really simple discussion because I thought it was such a simple song, but it's not. I don't think so. Like, like, like we've said, I know, I know um, everyone's kind of mentioned this at some point of be of it being a simple song. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be very simple when it starts off. By the time you're done, you realize it's a really complex song. I mean, it doesn't have those uh, necessarily crazy puns and rhyme schemes that, that you, you know, kind of come to expect from BNL. Um, but even then, the lyrics are deceptive in all the right ways, and musically, it's just off the, off the chain. So, yeah, definitely not a simple song. Very complicated. So this song was first played at the Student Recreation Center at York University in Toronto on September 10th, 1991. Any guess about how many... Do we want to play how old I was at the time? Game? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I'm gonna guess five. Four. Oh, oh I was so close. Nice. <laughs> I was in high school. <laughs> I'm not far behind the band. What was that? 1991. I was in high school, too. Yeah. Sophomore in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. I enjoy this yeah. game sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I don't like that game because sometimes it places me in your point. <laughs> now, does anyone have a guess about how many times this was played live, though? Two. In total, ever? In total, ever. ever. According to setlist.fm. How many times? Our set list includes that time at the uh, York, whatever. <laughs> yes, it... I'm gonna say ten. Yeah, I feel like it's a low one. I'm gonna say <clears throat> six. Stefan, any guesses? Uh, uh, I'd say oh uh, twelve. No, Stefan got it. Oh. Twelve! Wow. BNL has played, I think, approximately three thousand concerts at this point. Oh, this song has times. Wow. been played twelve times since Stephen left. They've only played it twice in two thousand and ten, and then they're like, "Nope, they have not touched it again since." But since Andy left, they've only played it four times. One of which was on Ships and Dips with Andy. So really, the reason they don't play huh. this. Without Andy, only three times. I played the song three times. And one of those three times was with Steve. So what did I win, Tracy? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> nothing. I Absolutely think you get... A, I think Aaron sends you a trailer, Ooh. doesn't he? Oh, yes. Aaron, send the trailer. Got two trailers that out there now. I'm sorry. I just had a sudden vision of how weird this song would be without Andy and without Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to, out of pure brawl curiosity, I want to hear that version. But <laughs> just the four piece, the current band. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, apparently they played it one time with the four piece. Twice, two, twice, twice. Two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Which... guess is they played it twice in two thousand ten. It did not get the reception they were hoping, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that one anymore." <laughs> I'm guessing they still probably do it really well. 
Um, Jim, I would think, Jim, I would think would take over most, if not all of the lyrics. Yeah. And, and, and Kevin would do all the piano. The piano. Yeah. And I'm sure he can, I'm sure, I'm guessing he kills it when he does it. Oh, and I'm thinking, yeah. Be, yeah, a very well done song, but I have a feeling that it wouldn't get a great reaction because it's also very unique compared to the rest of the songs they play. That's true. And a lot of the and people going to that, see them now want to hear the big hits. Yeah. Well, and when they played it on Ships and Dip, like, this got an amazing reception on on Ships and Dip with Andy. Oh, so yeah. it was Andy, Jim, and then Ed was on drums. Everybody's so excited to see Andy back anyways. Oh, anytime yeah. Andy shows up, they're... He steals the show. I mean, the they show. did a huge set with Andy, but this, I, I think, like, this was one of the big ones for them because this is, this is his song in a lot of ways, like... Him and Jim, and like, I, I think I thought "Tiny Little Song" was his. No, oh, that "Tiny means... Little Song," "Little Tiny Song" was definitely his. That's his oh, that's "Little his Tiny" piece. That's his. I like, always mess that line up yeah. too. That is his Bohemian Rhapsody. But oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. It's yet. just oh. about as long. That's Imagine. that's next. <laughs> it is like the exact opposite of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I think it's just as deep. It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah. We're going to get a good two hours out of that song. So, there is a trouble with Tracy this week. Oh, no. What's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? Um, So, the trouble with Tracy is with the other major recording of this. There is another recording. We shouldn't count Um, that <laughs> I, I had to find a trouble. I didn't, I didn't hear the other recording. I wasn't privy to that information. So I was. It's hard to send out the other recording because it's only on a um, ladies' room exclusive CD called "Live from Danforth Music Hall." It was recorded in November of 1991, uh, so not long after the song was written, actually. And they published it in 2005 from from past recording that had been made and then they fixed it up there's a few differences with it uh one is that when it comes to one of the lines uh where it says i love um ice cream sandwiches i love fish sticks instead of fish sticks he's up i love triscuits with oh, melted with, cheese with on top cheese i heard yes i have heard that one yeah <laughs> um and i think steve liked to likes to change it up and when when andy played it live he also said something different uh, i think he said fish sticks with cheese on top mm. so that'd be good <laughs> yeah I, I like andy's taste like andy's yeah, got, yeah. got fish some sticks with, oh, still with ice cream sandwiches is that a Canadian um, thing? fish sticks with cheese they should be it should, should be yeah <laughs> <laughs> fish sticks with cheese on the inside melted when it's fried what if, what if you had kd fish sticks or fish sticks kd oh <gasps> Oh, mm. KD, make this happen. Some people chop up <laughs> hot dogs into their KD. Why not chop right. up fish sticks? Get some See? Dijon ketchup on there. KD, you <laughs> need to make this happen, and all the money goes to Eric. I'm down with this plan. Let's sign a petition. <laughs> <laughs> You're marketing at KD, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. That's it. <laughs> Um, so the other thing is that there was a breakdown in the live version, um, and it's different. It does sound different because it is live, um, 
but there's a breakdown in the middle where Ed tells a story. Um, so it's kind of fun because it's once again Ed doing something live and, and telling stories live in the middle of it while they're playing in the background. Um, <clears throat> so the problem I have with this, the trouble with Tracy, is because it's live and I don't... This was back before they had like a professional sound guy doing it, I, I'm guessing. The harmonies are not balanced as well as in the studio version. In on Gordon, they are perfectly balanced in that every sing, all three of them are right on. Not just are this, the harmonies are on, but the levels are right there together, so you can't hear any one person over the other. On the Dan Fourth version, we hear Ed and Steve more, and the background statements are missing. Ed has this really odd accent that he is putting on it is if it's not put on i don't know what it is it, it sounds like he's trying to do a new york accent when he's telling the story but it doesn't it comes across as someone trying to do a new york accent um <laughs> it is the strangest thing i've ever heard him do and i feel like uh, being a talking- canadian trying to put on a new york accent you probably accidentally throw on the the fake canadian accent <laughs> in the in the midst it just you can't help it, so I think it would come out as a bizarre mixture. Oh, it was it was odd. I was like, "That's not that's not Toronto. <laughs> that is definitely not New York. What what is that?" <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. That's not really a big trouble at Tracy for this one because no, yeah, really. I mean, especially when you think of what year was that? Nineteen ninety one. Yeah. And live recordings at 1991 by a very, very indie band that had not put out Gordon yet. Yeah, when it, when it comes down to it, it's not a big trouble with Tracy. I think that's that's going to be reflected, I think, in our ratings. Speaking of which, why don't we jump on over to ratings? Let's do some ratings. Um, I did want to add, though, that I do think we could call something. If we were to take the Toronto accent and mix it with the New York City accent, we could probably call it Buffalonian. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> and we just lost all our Buffalo <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Buffalo, I love you. I love you. <laughs> it was, no, no, I absolutely love Buffalo, so I would never, never do that. Um, <laughs> but um, so this one, I guess we're going to do it uh, now that uh, Eric has made me hungry. We're going to do this on a scale of zero to five fish sticks. And if you're so willing, you can add cheese to that because that's <laughs> that sounds scrumptious. And the first one to go uh, is because I love the band so much. It's going to be Eric. I have no issues with this song. It's it's always been one of my favorites. I've always enjoyed it. It's one of the songs that's kind of assisted me in liking jazz. I was, you know, this is right when I started listening to BNL right when Stunt came out. And it's just a part of my fundamental BNL knowledge. And this is a fundamental song. I've got to have it on any playlist that has them. So I'm gonna give it a five. I was gonna I was gonna give it less than a five, but it just it just changed in my head. <laughs> so that's gonna be five fish sticks with um, Havarti. Oh, we can shredded, sliced, whatever you like. Which. <laughs> We could probably just call it a night and go have some, actually. <laughs> sounds that sounds delicious. Um yeah. Stefan. Fish, Fish sticks. sticks. Fish I sticks. love the song. I you know, Gordon is my staple. 
because it's the only album I have. But I love the song, and um, I love Gordon. Um, that really came out wrong. Uh, I like the the, <laughs> the album, Gordon. <laughs> no, I didn't, yeah. Stephen. Yeah, let's be honest. There's nothing wrong with Gord Downey or Gord Lightfoot. Like, ooh, Gordon Lightfoot. I actually really do like Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> oh, dear God, Eric, what did you do? <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Oh, jeez. Where are we going with this? What is going on? Oh, man. I just totally lost track of everything. So how do you feel about the songs? <laughs> Not the Edmund Fitzgerald one. The... No. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye, Bare Naked Ladies. It's definitely on my playlist because I have only the Gordon CD, so it's obviously on my playlist. Um but uh, I'm going to rank this sucker uh, like a 4.25 cuz it's not like up there up there. I mean, I love crazy and I love good boy and you know, who doesn't like million dollars? I mean, who doesn't like that? I mean, I sing it all the time. It's cliché, but it's awesome. I'm with you on yeah. crazy by the way. I know it got a little tough love, yeah. but I'm with you on I mean, crazy. I'm, yeah. That's that's agreed. a hard-hitting song. I I think and I really love it. It's mm-hmm. just beautiful. Um and uh this song is jazzy. It's fun. Um, it's easy. It's really easy. It's like I love you, and then they're like Eyes loves you, and they're silly, and you know they just vary it up. It's very simple. It's awesome, and there's ice cream sandwiches, so that makes it a winner. So four point two five fish sticks for me, and I add the cheese myself because nice. I am pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> And I can't help myself. Easy was on a different album. Yes. It's like like Sunday morning almost. <laughs> Take it easy there, bud. Oh, okay, who's next? Easiest one, two, three. Don't. All right, we gotta switch it before we go before we go down this. I could do this all night. <laughs> Probably. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, this song is, this song has to sit in some tough territory because you're on an album with Brian Wilson. You're on an album with Million Dollars. You're on an album with What a Good Boy. You're on an album with one of my favorite PNL songs, The Flag. Um, so it sits there. And I think, um, you know, got to compare it to them. That said, this song is is amazing. The first time I listened, this is the one that I kind of went, all right, I'll probably end up skipping that. And um, I'd say within a couple weeks, no, it's, it's in it. And I've listened to Gordon decades ago. Uh, this is one of my go-tos. I actually will say I really want to listen to I Love You right now because <laughs> of all the things we talked about. It's a Cregan powerhouse. Uh, Tyler's percussion on this. It's a full band song. Um, you know, at a time when later on we might not get that full band sound. This is a full band BNL song. It's everything works on this song. Maybe not quite where I would go lyrically for those other songs, but everything else. So for me, it's going to be up there. It can't quite be a five, but I'm going to say 4.8 fish sticks for I Love You. Can I actually... Can I, uh, can I be honest with you, Jeff? Yeah. I saw that coming. I saw it. You saw a 4.8. I saw. Am I that predictable? Am I that predictable now? Shoot. What's next week's song? Huh? Oh, by the way, that's our song for next week. Oh, is I saw. Oh, I saw what you did there. You you, <laughs> you, you set me you up. I had to take that one. Like that. You, this is messing with my world. <laughs> 
That's the whole point is to sneak up on him when I can. You probably did see it too. The whole time you're probably like, he's totally 4.8ing this. This <laughs> whole setup is a 4.8. I know his rankings now. But anyway. I'll tell you why in a minute why I saw that coming. Oh. <clears throat> so I'll give you my ranking now. Um, it's funny. When I first started, like when I, I looked up the song for that we were going to be sing- listening to this week, um, I had a really low rating when I first started, I was I was ambivalent about this song and and just thinking, oh well, this is gonna be okay. And then the music started, and I'm singing the harmonies without even thinking about it. Okay, stop, play it again. Halfway through, okay, now I'm singing the melody. Slap, like literally slap myself. I'm like, I need to knock this off. I gotta listen to the song. Play it again. Now I'm listening to the sweet bass and like scatting with with Andy. Oh, goodness gracious, this was horrible. Um, I had to hold myself back from singing and dancing every single time that this song came on this week when I was listening to it. Um, my musical breakdown. I wrote this earlier, but my musical breakdown was gonna suck because I just could not stop to listen to the music when when i was trying to listen to this i had to like forcefully almost duct tape my mouth shut so i could hear the music this week um this is one of those songs that's on this album and you're right because it's on this album i think it doesn't get the service it deserves it belongs on this album but i be i think that it disappears into the album and on any other album this would probably be one of the breakouts of that album um, this is also one of those songs that when I first heard Gordon, when my friend sat me down, thank you, Shauna, for doing that, by the way, and said, I want you to listen to this. You've never heard anything like this before. And played Gordon. Hello City was the one that, like, immediately caught my attention. This was one of the songs that made me fell in love with BNL. Um, is it their best song? No. But once again, it's on an album album of like phenomenal songs so for me i've got to give this song like really high numbers even though i was like starting out low i give this a 4.8 i want i wanted to kind of address that because everything you were saying i was like that's absolutely right and with uh you know trying to listen to it trying to give it its time without interrupting it by yourself is one of those things that was when I realized that I can't listen to it without that Mm -hmm. has to bring its ranking up. And when you you say kind of, you know, it's on the album with such great songs, both you and Jeff have uh, gone over that. And I agree like hundred percent, but what I find is that it becomes this unassuming powerhouse where you don't expect it. And I realized that's why my number jumped to a five while I was speaking because I realized, nope, I can't not give it because I was going to put it at a 4.6. And as I was ready to say that, I was like, nope, it's, uh, it's coming out higher. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's because it is so unassuming and it it sneaks up on you. It's just, well, like I said, when I was listening to it today and my son just starts dancing to it. Next thing you know, my two year old son and I are jamming to this song. It has the power. It's, it's just this song that just makes you feel good too. And sometimes that's all it takes to make a song great. I mean, it's just like, I want to listen to you right now. Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, by the way, I forgot. I'm uh, actually putting Mascarpone on mine. So can you put that in the rankings? Oh, Mascarpone. Yeah, I'm going to put gotcha. some Mascarpone on there. What are you putting on yours? Oh, I got to go with Sharp Cheddar. Okay. 
but it's I'm not putting it in on it. Just, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the fish sticks apart. I'm wrapping it in some sharp cheddar, rebreading it, and then baking okay. it so that way it's all together. Sharp cheddar stuffed I'm, in fish. I am the cheese baked up. I'm that one Belvita. So, appearance for this week, <laughs> um, because this is such a phenomenal song, it doesn't de- deserve just one appearance. Uh, I-, I wanted an actual appearance, um, so I think the only way to do that right is to have an interview of the Cregan Brothers on Canada AM, the TV show, and them playing and talking about their song Alibaba, and then also them playing the song You Will Be Adored. Um back in 2010 on the same program and then i don't want people to walk away from this song without hearing the other version of it on ships and dip where it's live it's jim on bass ed on drums and andy singing lead there's no steven this is all andy and you hear the harmonies even more without steven powering i still love steve powering but you hear the harmonies gloriously in there with just andy Ed and Jim, and it's just amazing. And I recommend everyone go out and listen to this version of it. I look forward to it. All <laughs> right. Well, thank you guys very much for coming this week. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Um, I, this is a, a great song to discuss. Uh, I'm sad that we didn't have Aaron with us this week, but uh, next week too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe...